Billy the Kid is a show on Epics that dispensed its seventh segment on Sunday titled At the House. On this podcast, we discuss a new episode to a different series every show. This one happens to be a Western developed by the creator of Vikings and Tudors. It's May 26th, and you're listening to today's episode. Despite the notable name, well-known story, and the fact that it airs on epics, this show is not very well-known. In fact, it doesn't even have its own Wikipedia page. But I was thinking of, like, recent Western TV shows that have come out in, like, the past five or six years. Things like Range. Our Range, Westworld, 1883, Godless. And those were... Dead Redemption, even though it's not a show. (laughs) Yeah. Those were able to kind of find, like, a mass appeal. In fact, I remember when we were doing our 1883 podcast, I talked about how Yellowstone was getting some crazy numbers, like 17 million viewers per night. Here, the show only has about 1,000 reviews on IMDb, barely has enough critics to even qualify a tomato meter for Rotten Tomatoes. But does it still try to kind of, like, find encapsulate the same type of audience? I know that they haven't had, like, a ton of publicity, but no epic show ever really does. It just has a higher budget, from my understanding. Yeah, it's not comparable to Godless or 1883. It doesn't feel like the plot was ever supposed to compete with those type of shows. In fact, I almost compared it more to Gunsmoke while watching this. <laughs> and uh, um, it's the seventh episode that I watched. We jumped in right in the middle of the series. Well, penultimate episode of the first really? season. Yes. So like right before the finale. Yeah, going to be eight episodes this season. And that's news to me because usually when you're at your penultimate episode, it's an eight episode miniseries almost you're you're seeing a lot of events occur that I would be confused by. But this, it kind of played out like I didn't need to know any previous information to understand everything that was going on. Oh, okay. Do you want to do the rundown of the episode? Because I can do that real quick. Yeah. Um, I do have like 15 points to get through. But um, Billy the Kid, that's the main character. All right. From what I understand, this is kind of like a prequel series, right? Yeah, because he's young. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't know much about the other renditions of Billy the Kid over the last, like, century. Over I know 50 they've... movies and, te- and several television series. Jesus, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think I've watched many, if any. <laughs> so, yeah, he rides into Lincoln. He's on his horse, uh, Lincoln, New Mexico. It's a small town. And you've got, like, the barbershop and, like, the horse store and, like, the shoe place and everything, like named like it is like it reminded me almost of the name to our (laughs) podcast which is like today's episode because it's like that's what we talk about well this is the shop shop (laughs) so it was be be like market well the name of the episode is called at the house right it's mercantile Mm -hmm. not market but like at the house is the name or the house is the place that they're going to work for and the house also sells goods oh okay so very simple naming of stuff Anyways, he meets his camp. They're right outside of town. It's a bunch of like bandit crew, like kind of mean people, but also friends of his, you know, like there's this guy named Jesse. But they're outlaws. Yeah, they're outlaws. But they sort of like take jobs, guns for hire type deal. Mm. And uh, so then they go and meet with Mr. Murphy, who owns, again, this mercantile place. He's he's one of the shopkeepers there. But he has his like hands in everything. He has his hands in the government. And he has a sheriff under his like provision. He, he kind of he wants to control everything. So high right? authority. Yeah. Well, he just wants power, right? But his business uh, is not technically on the level. Like, he does a lot of shady shit as well. So he's hiring these guns to come in and basically deal a partnership with them so that they go and intimidate slash kick out his competitor. They're Irish, and his competitor is English, and his competitor's name is Mr. Tunstall, 
right? And mm-hmm. he owns this other shop and he's paying the farmers more so that he can sell their goods and he's doing a better job of it, right? So the gunslingers go over, including Billy, to Mr. Tunstall's store and say, we want to speak to him. And then they start like breaking stuff and shredding his bags of like corn or whatever. And uh, they want him to lay off the turf of Mr. Murphy. Then they go and confront the farmers that Mr. Tunstall is working with and say, hey, you have a deal with Mr. Murphy. Don't welch on it or else we'll be back. And Jesse, you can tell, is the more hot-headed of the crew. Like he wants to actually like do some violence. While Billy the Kid... Who is just like, they got the message, let's move on. So you know? they're going with like a sentimental version of Billy the Billy Kid. Billy the Kid is so soft. Like, if there was a flaw to this show, it's the fact that he doesn't belong in this time period because he doesn't seem like he has the guts to do it. Like, later on, we see him kind of pressured into shooting, which he's really good at. But other than that, like, his his mental state is just not there to be a, a gang member. And then you've got Mr. Tunstall's lawyer, who's also in town. He used to work for Mr. Murphy, but switched they called him a turncoat because he switched sides. He realized that Mr. Murphy's a bad dude. And he's like, well, I'm going to go work for the other side as opposed to just getting the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> um, he also has a wife. I don't see how that has a, too much of an issue right now. There's this guy named George Coe, who is, if you think about the bandits as working for Mr. Murphy, George Coe is kind of the leadership for the bandits working for Tunstall. He's actually a farmer, but he's trying to compete with, or he's trying to prevent the bandits from really intimidating Tunstall's like farmers. Is he like the Mike for uh, Saul? No, he's not that serious. You're talking about Better Call Saul. Yeah, Better Call Saul. Um, No, George Cole is kind of like just the intermediary. He's not afraid to pull a gun, but at the same time, he's more just a farmer who doesn't like the idea that there's this intimidating crew coming in and trying to take Tunstall's farmers back, you know? Mm. And so what he does that's most important is he tries to recruit uh, this guy named Charlie. And Charlie Beaudry, I think he's probably a better hired gun than he puts out, but he has a connection to the Mexican farmers because his wife is... Uh, the sister of one of them and um, so it seems like the characters are developed here like you're able to tell what relationships they, they spell have. it out for you the acting is really wooden but the plot is just kind of like or the exposition is all there like every time they meet with each other it's like <laughs> this is how i know this so person kind of like a soap opera where they keep on reestablishing. it's not that characters. bad acting. okay yeah plus you get to see a lot of horses the outdoors the sunsets all, all that stuff's there but um yeah so uh george co and jesse have this tiff they meet each other both gangs want to like kind of fight it out and then uh billy intervenes and he's like whoa, whoa, whoa guys let's just leave it for now all right and then we, they jump to a party that mr murphy is throwing and kind of upset that more hasn't been made of his contract to push the farmers away from tunstall and back into his camp uh so what they do is they talk directly to jesse who again is the hothead and so he's like oh yeah we'll, we'll do something about it and then they kind of intimate because it's kind of a small dinner gathering that they want to see Billy show off his skills. So they bring everybody outside and Billy gets kind of mad because he doesn't want to even be doing this. And he shoots all the beer bottles to start with that are hanging there. And then he starts shooting everything behind it. And then he just goes really crazy and just starts (laughs) like just shooting everything he can see until everything's on on fire. Okay. Yeah, it's all on point, but it's less like, it just seems like he's a moody kid at the end and he just walks out angrily. Um, Mr. Riley is like Mr. Murphy's number two. And he was at the party and he introduces his wife, Irene, to Billy. And the funny thing about that interaction is Mr. Murphy seemed like he had a reason for, sorry, Mr. Riley seemed like he had a reason for wanting to introduce uh, Billy to her. But 
as soon as he does, like, she gets this, like, love in her eyes, and she's just, like, falling for Billy, and Mr. Riley's like, wait, what What did I just do? And he's, like, trying to pull his wife away, how, and later how old on... How is Billy supposed to be? Billy's, like, I don't know, 25? Maybe, yeah, like, he's he's pretty young. Oh, okay, yeah, so that's not following the actual story, but yeah, okay. He, I mean, I don't know his exact age, but... So they go back to this farmer guy, the same one that they had talked to earlier who Billy had basically like settled down that argument. But Jesse's not having it this time. They're getting really mad at him. He's getting really mad at them. Billy's the only one who can speak Spanish. So he's Hmm. the only one who's like being able to coordinate any sort of logic behind why there's this disagreement. But the farmer um, pulls his gun because if he does start selling back to Murphy, he won't make enough to feed his family and so he's obviously agitated about that but he pulls his gun and not jesse not billy but the third guy that's there is a guy named pat garrett he pulls his gun and shoots the guy so right are, in the okay. chest so you are introduced to pat garrett this episode i don't think it's this episode i think he's been around well for yeah a while. He, he was introduced in the in the prior uh, episode but i was wondering if he showed up at all surprisingly pat garrett is like an in-between between billy and um and jesse he's not exactly a hothead um, but he seems like him and Billy, like he, he, he was the first one to fire. Yeah. I mean, Alex Stroh, the person who played him said that he was supposed to be on par with Billy. Like, no, I'm not as far as shooting skills, but like his, his level headedness is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Because he was getting angrier than Billy was. Billy was just kind of sitting in the back being like, I really wish this was over, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Like, I know that he's a hired gun, but that's part of my reason as to why he doesn't really fit in with the rest of this gang. Yeah, so Pat Garrett, the sheriff comes, or his deputies come to kind of get him. They say, you're not arrested, but you need to come talk to the sheriff and explain what happened. He claims self-defense, but there's a big enough Mexican population in that part of town in New Mexico where they're like, well, we got to keep you behind bars. So then the sheriff goes and speaks to Mr. Murphy, who he has in his pocket. And Mr. Murphy's like, just tell the Mexicans that there's that he's being sent to another town to get home. Hanged, and then uh, just release him. You know that mm-hmm. type of deal. Yeah. We don't actually see him get released this episode. But while all that's happening, Billy feels really bad about the guy dying, and they're throwing this funeral for him. And that's where Charlie and George Co. and the rest of the uh, town stall people are going to be. And he just shows up. Billy just walks into the middle of the funeral, which is a really douchey thing to do in some sense. But they play it off like he was the hero of it. Like it was a really brave decision. Yeah, This is the middle of the guy's (laughs) funeral where he was partly responsible for his death. And he just walks in and the widow's there. And she's like, get him out of here. And they're like, no, we're going to keep him around. (laughs) Wait, wait, the widow told him to get him out of here. And they just said no. Yeah, well, he just kind of is like, I'm sorry. And then everybody's like, meh. And then they leave and then George and uh, yeah, George and Charlie both are like, hey, we would really like it if you joined our side. And uh, would you like to meet with Tunstall? And at that point, Billy's like, no, I'm, I'm cool where I am. But then like five minutes later, he's like, no, actually, I would like to meet with Tunstall. But he goes back to Tunstall's shop to tell them that. And they're like, we don't know where he is. Uh, and that's where he has another meeting with Charlie really quick at the end where Charlie's like, well, you can meet with his lawyer and his lawyer can tell you what's going on because he's worked for both sides. So Billy's like, well, we got to do this on the down low because I don't want my gang thinking that like I'm up to anything shady, which he is. OK, how convoluted did this story? It's get? not really that convoluted. It's really easy to follow. And that's why it's like a Gunsmoke episode, because everything felt like it was just like click, 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 click. So then. He, Billy is uh, at like a poker thing. Like he's just at one of those uh, saloons, you know? Yeah. And Irene's there and Irene's flirting with him. And she's like, Mr. Riley's right, wife. Right. And she's like, why not? Can you take me home? Like, I'm, I'm worried. And I love this because the person who's dealing the cards, Sam, like when Billy makes it clear, he's just like, ah, I've, I've got stuff to do and stuff. Sam's just like, I'll take you home, Irene. <laughs> like, like, it wasn't in a, like a flirty way or anything. You just thought that she actually wanted help. Yeah. And so Billy just gets up and walks out of the bar. Charlie's with him again. 
And then he recognizes someone. He recognizes this person named Dulcinea, who I think is probably the only connection to the previous episodes that I might have needed <laughs> because she looks at him, he looks at her, she's getting into a carriage and she's like marrying someone she, who's rich in like this rich family. And so there's something that's going on with that. But then the last scene is Billy actually meeting with the McSween lawyer and him saying Murphy is a crook, which we all knew at this point. And uh, this is your time to shine. He's He points to Billy basically and he's like, this is where you make a difference, kid. And, <laughs> and that's basically the end of the episode. So all in all, super easy to understand. I know that there's a lot of points to it, but like in the end, it was just Billy deciding to turn against his gang and join up with the Tunstall people. And that's it. So do you think that the, the Tunstall people are the actual good people, though? That's the way they're presented here is that they pay the Mexicans more. They uh, they they don't hire as bad of people to work for them. They actually aren't into Mr. Murphy's shady business. It seems like a one sided thing. And that's exactly what McSween says. He's mm -hmm. like, there's a good side and there's a bad side in this. So, you know, which one to choose. And uh, the other show it reminded me of that probably wouldn't have come up otherwise is, is Sons of Anarchy. Like, I wouldn't have thought that it would because you've got that Irish versus English thing going on. Oh, yeah. Like in season three when they moved to Ireland. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, they are just an Irish gang, right? So there's yeah. always it's always going to be a race based thing. So you have the Irish, the English and the Mexicans, and they're all kind of having their own place in this. Um, the Mexicans, it feels like they're the most um, victimized because they're just the farmers who are being underpaid. For my conclusive thoughts, though, I would say that the plots being so basic and that the main character feels as soft as it does, I would give it a five out of ten. Like, it mm. just feels like good background TV if you're into that. It feels like if you don't want Law & Order there and you want, like, the updated version of Gunsmoke, turn this on. And it's kind of underwhelming given that it's on epics. Usually for me, I think of epics as shows like Get Shorty, where... Uh, they take a, an original thought and they really just are able to have free will with everything. Yeah. Besides a few swear words, they do say fuck a lot in the show. Then there's really no reason for this to not be on normal cable TV. And there's no reason for it to only be seven episodes. Like the content did not feel like it required that amount of work. Billy the Kid is supposed to be obviously this the heart of the, the story, the protagonist. Um, but he has a past and he has like he does work for bad guys and he is saying that he's a hired gun. He reminds me a little bit of Roy Good from Godless, but Roy mm -hmm. Good was so much more developed right. and like had yeah. different levels to his thing. And you could definitely and I'd say that was more the acting as well as the writing. But like, it, it, I don't know, the actor, I know he's from he was in Mayans MC, right? Because that's what it said in uh in the little amazon tom blythe film the thing i got from him is that he's uh, like he's going he was cast in the new hunger games film the ballad of songbirds and snakes as a young Coralanius snow do you know oh okay so it's a prequel series yeah yeah and so katniss isn't going to be in that at yeah, all i don't think so but mm -hmm. also you, you were talking about jesse evans he seems to really like playing the bad guy who's in the punisher uh 11 63 as lee harvey oswald and home and away he plays bad a good bad guy i think yeah yeah, yeah he was probably the best character actor does that mm, make sense yeah like charlie was like the underrated good guy but his acting skills weren't that great mm. so i would say yeah jesse is now thinking about it jesse or mr murphy played the best villains maybe because michael hurst is so adept at that type of show you know tutors yeah. uh <laughs> vikings he also worked they, on camelot a lot of historical fiction so again i would expect him to 
put out something better than this. So five out of 10 for me, I'm not, I'm not super convinced. I'm not going to be watching another episode. I'm not even really not that intrigued about what happens next. Show has a 6.9 on IMDb and a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. A lot of people are just saying that like for the good reviews that it's just kind of fun. Um, in fact, Ready Steady Cut gave this episode in particular a three out of five. I think they also gave the same score for the pilot saying, even for anyone who hasn't heard of Billy the Kid or the Lincoln County War, there's an undeniable sense of foreboding. <laughs> Apparently you haven't heard of it either, right? <laughs> um, yeah. It does remind me a little bit of Pennyworth, right? Because that's mm-hmm. a younger version of Alfred. This is supposed to be a younger version of Billy the Kid. Do you yeah. know anything about the other versions of Billy the Kid? Well, all I know is that Emilio Estevez, I think that he's done three movies. One of them was even set to come out this year, except I'm going to need to do more research on that. It was supposed to be like a 20-year break in between the series of films that he did. He actually introduced himself to Tom Blythe, I think a couple weeks ago, at an awards show as Billy the Kid, knowing that he himself was playing Billy the Kid. Interesting. So, yeah. Also, you haven't mentioned Kathleen McCarty yet. I'm only pausing because there, there really isn't that many women in the show. There's Irene and then there was like two more or something. So I don't think so. But the name did sound familiar. So maybe it got tossed around at some point. Yeah, I mean, he, she played the mom of Billy the Kid. Um, she I, played the mom or she is the oh, mom? Sorry, Eileen O'Higgins played the mom of Billy the Kid. She is the mom of Billy the Kid um, from Dead Still, the show that we did all the way back in like our fifth podcast. That's the actress who played her. But uh, that makes sense that you didn't hear of her because apparently in episode four, what the show did is it went crazy and like killed off his whole entire family. Ah, that would have been interesting. So, yeah. And so- that would have probably taken away my gun smoke consideration. But yeah, for this, it felt like I thought f- maybe you were going to tell me this was an episodic series where every episode <laughs> was just a different adventure of Billy the Kid and that this was like a two-parter. From what I understand, one of the executive producers said that they want to make it 24 episodes. Now, if they're going to do three yes. seasons or if they're going to do like a two-part next season type of thing. That's or they what... should just do 24 episodes in one season. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what they have it set out for. The uh, the one part that actually does remind me of Red Dead Redemption is that every time that you would complete a mission in that game, you would have to go back kind of to your camp. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what the camp sort of looked like. Like, it's not as great graphics or, sorry, um, like the imagery, the visuals aren't as good as all those other shows that we listed, specifically 1883. Really, because the, the cast yeah. talked about how they shot in Calgary in Canada and they said there was like beautiful and, this, and they were really glad that they got the cinematography there. It's beautiful, no doubt, but just shows have amped or upped their games so much recently that you mm-hmm. just can't compete with the best ones. You can still have amazing looking shots. Maybe if this came out a couple years ago, they'd be the best looking show that yeah. is out there. But right now it's it's mid tier to lower end because all they do is they show you these great shots. I don't think you get the same sort of ambiance, though, that you do in those other ones because it's more like close up about the characters. Like you get a lot of close up shots of Billy mm-hmm. and it's not as much about like, well, look at how cool this Western thing is. You're not going to get that godless last couple episodes fight scenes. <laughs> Well, with this, you get like a couple gunshots and you're like, all right. Uh, There were actual cowboys on set helping with the horses. That I can give the show credit for because there are a lot of horseback riding scenes. So everybody knows, needs to know how to ride a horse. So that is like 1883 where it's like, if you don't, if you go into your audition and you don't know how to ride a horse, I don't know (laughs) what they do. Tom Blythe had to learn in like three weeks how to learn horseback. And then the reason why I bought Pat Garrett is because the actor Alex Rowe didn't know how to ride horseback, but he was introduced pretty late into the series 
but because uh, Tom Blythe became so like, well, good at riding horseback, he was able to learn pretty fast, he said, from Tom Blythe. You were saying that Billy the Kid looks like 25 or something. The actual Billy the Kid died when he was 21. Born. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I was just judging it based off the actor. I think the actual actor is like 25 to like 27 or, so, or something. He looks young. He looks like Baby Driver, uh, <laughs> like where they cast someone who's obviously older, but they they do still look baby faced. So that that's probably where I was getting that from. So, yeah. OK, then he's uh, 16. Sure. <laughs> Well, he, but not really. <laughs> yeah. He was orphaned at the age of 15, was arrested first when he was 16 for stealing food. But obviously, most people know him because he killed like eight people, including a blacksmith in August 1887. In his Arizona. behavior just became so much more like acceptable for all right. his moping around and him showing up at the funeral, especially and them just giving him a pass for that. If a grown adult male walks in after shootings or like being a part of the shooting party of your husband and <laughs> the, all the all, all the people there that loved him see you there, they're not just gonna especially in this type of environment they're not just gonna let you go but if he's like i don't know looking like a 15 year old kid and he's just sad about it then yeah obviously they'll give him they'll be like well good for you for coming up and, and doing this that makes a lot more sense but it would also be weird if like a bunch of adults were trying to recruit this like 15 year old kid into coming to fight for them right i know i'm just throwing out the word 15 i know you said 21 but you said it was a prequel series so this has to be a few years in the past yeah that's right? that's what made me like so confused because again he only had like five years if he was only arrested first when he was 16 to really be become that like rampage oh and he already murderer. is wanted for murder so that means that he must be at least like 17 or yeah the, the, the las vegas gazette and the sun carried the story this is like actual true story about the crime and that's kind of what um drew him to infamy and yeah then, yeah also it's really weird that uh irene was flirting so much with billy because mr riley is like i don't know 40 something years old she's married to him and yet she's flirting with like a 17 18 yeah. year old dude uh it's, okay. it's making the timeline weird <laughs> yeah it's making the whole thing not make any sense <laughs> well it just seems like back then you could kill someone in one town, ride far enough, and then, like, the warrant would expire on you. That's what he did. That's exactly what he did. He killed someone in Arizona, returned to New Mexico, and joined the uh, cattle rustlers. And in the previously, there was a big old section about how he had broken someone out and then ended up killing someone and then letting the guy free. But, like, it didn't come back to matter in this at <laughs> all. All these, all these so, episodes, like, he, he has his family uh, killed. He breaks someone out of prison. They seem more interesting than the penultimate episode that you were uh, that you needed to well, watch. Well, this is like a gang war between two rival sides, and it's going to come to a head next episode. So I get that. Um, but it's just not as compelling as a lot of those other shows. It's not worth the time. So I think we should stop talking about it unless you have other facts. About well, it. the horses apparently have their own filmography. In fact, they were in <laughs> things such as The Revenant. <laughs> that's oh, what that's I, cool. Eileen O'Higgins said. <laughs> I haven't seen The Revenant, so I didn't know that there were horses in it. I thought it was just one big bear. No, I think that takes... <laughs> Usually I like to compare this series that we do to the last one we did, which was Atlanta, there's literally nothing I can pull yeah, from. I mean, so, uh, so yeah, I guess we'll just end it. So thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.